Hi, this is Fred Shu of Club ID, the software identity platform powering the authentication, enablement, and commerce layer of IRL experiences for Web3 communities. I'm here on the Edge of NFT, the podcast that helps you build your identity as a knowledgeable Web3 leader. Keep listening. Hi, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn about Club ID's vision of how Web3 IRL can be a whole new world of possibilities and how today's guest prize possession is a unique piece of jewelry with a timeless utility. And finally, how Crypto Oracle Collective is creating an incredible community of support and growth. And lastly, NFT LA 2022. It was a blast. It was also a blast off in a giant plume of bright burning rocket fuel, Web3 NFTs, blockchain, decentralization, and a suite of immersive new tech developments have just exploded onto the canvas of life. Outer Edge is the theme of this year's event, dedicated to those of you building with us at the outer edges, making the future happen. The community-centric gathering returns to Los Angeles, March 20th to the 23rd, 2023, to uplift creators and technologists through interactive experiences, a wide variety of discussions and presentations, and entertaining surprises that transport participants to the outer edge of what's possible when we co-create a new paradigm, embracing the decentralized web, artificial intelligence, extended reality, and more. To register, to attend, or learn how to co-create an experience on the outer edge, head over to outeredge.live. And you can also head on over to hackathon.outeredge.live to register for our hackathon, which is happening the two days before the event. And you can actually have an opportunity, if you play your cards right, to attend the actual event for free if you submit a project through the hackathon and you submit it for judging. So go to that site and apply for the hackathon too. This event, everything we're talking about is being organized by the Edge Company and us founders of the Edge of NFT podcast. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Fred Sue, co-founder of Club ID, a platform known for building the modern Web3 identity. Fred has over 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and technologist, successfully founding three startups across the internet technology and media sectors. Previously, Fred was the co-founder and chairman of Ember Entertainment, a mobile game studio responsible for the development of the new blockchain-based game for the AAA franchise, The Walking Dead, acquired by Gala Games in 2021. Fred was also the co-founder and CEO of Manage, a leading advertising technology platform acquired by Criteo. That's NASDAQ CRTO. In 2018, and co-founder and CTO of Oversee, one of the first internet domain names operators acquired by private equity firm Oak Hill Capital Partners in 2009. Finally, Fred is a prolific angel investor and early backer of the Rubicon Project, which later became Magnite, which is also NASDAQ, MGNI, the world's largest independent omnichannel sell-side platform, 
He graduated from the University of California, Los Angeles with a BS in computer science. Fred, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, great to have you on here, Fred. It's been great sort of having a chance to learn a little bit about you and your background over some meals and fun conversations the last few months. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I'm jealous you guys got to meet up in LA. Well, you'll be here soon enough. And you know, <laughs> just another reason to take advantage of this real estate boom we call Los Angeles. Ethan, come on over. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's dive into the conversation with Fred here. How did you come up with Club ID, Fred? And what makes it unique? So I came up with Club ID based off of my own, let's say, DGen activity. So I caught on to the whole NFT bandwagon relatively late. I've been in blockchain for probably about five years. I started doing my own ETH projects back in 2017. I obviously collected a portfolio of both coins, protocols, gaming, etc. So for me, it started with the technology. As you mentioned as well, I've had a gaming background as well. So I started a gaming studio about 10 years ago. That gaming studio was responsible for a lot of what we call MMORPG games on the App Store and Google Play Store. We had been building a lot of these quick hit, super fun, highly competitive games for a while now. And so when back in 2020, 2021, as we kind of hit the first boom or one of the first booms, recent booms or bull markets, it was very natural that kind of when gaming and of course metaverse becoming in the public consciousness and being so hot that an acquisition by Gala, Gala Games was very, very natural. So that was one experience as well in the Web3. But to get to the original point was I was a DGen. I've been a DGen since 2021. I purchased very expensive NFTs. And I just noticed that there's a lack of utility. So I, pay, I plop a bunch of money for an NFT. Sure, we, it's a great status thing. It's a great piece of art oftentimes. But what can I really do with it? I'd gone to ApeFest 2022 in New York. And I thought, you know what? This could probably be a little bit better of an experience not only by way of what they call token gating, but also kind of the benefits. I bought merch. It's hard to see, but this is actually a board Ape hat oh, nice. uh, at that conference. And I actually wanted to buy more. Spent a lot of time trying to figure out where to buy more. Couldn't, wouldn't pop up. Ultimately, I had to buy the stuff off of like eBay. So I thought that's an, another use case. Music mm-hmm. DGen. I would just like to see, feel, experience something tangible including merch, right? So I thought, let's just kind of come together and figure out like what this problem really is. Let's think about maybe like, based off of my experience, it's really kind of like an eyeball and audience thing. So if we can figure out a way to aggregate this audience, we can bring them into live entertainment. We can bring them into venues. We can give them experiences, whether they're physical or digital. Working with a really talented team and we look forward to like the next iteration of or utility of these NFTs. Mm, Very cool. Yeah, Yeah. solving your own problems. I like it. Yeah, to me, this feels like a total no-brainer that we have to have something like this in Web3. Jeff, who couldn't be here today, he's a veteran. And when we were looking at how we support veterans at our other company, we turned to ID.me, which is a way of verifying military status for veterans. And they've expanded to also verifying student status and other types of status. And It just makes sense that there needs to be a way to verify status that doesn't sort of give give away the farm. You don't want to overgive information, but you need enough information to be able to make decisions around access, right? And I'm really excited about what you guys are solving. And I think it's a massive problem. 
when you're looking at sort of web three identity and there's some nuances here that aren't relatively applicable to the web two world what are some of the key principles that you keep in mind in the creation stage of things and how do you stay ahead of the curve because this is not a space that stays static by any means yeah i mean my perspective just building scaling exiting three different companies also being kind of like a prolific ish investor or angel investor is i mean speed is of the essence we were lucky to be the right time right place i feel in all prior endeavors right and so speed being the right place at the right time right really kind of get, really getting in there I mean, just like yourself josh really like ground floor understanding that you're the market right listening to a customer feedback bring it back to the back office not relying on a giant monolithic org to push things forward like three to 12 months from now because you're right this industry can evolve like overnight yeah, working hard. And I think that experience that you have that I read through in the bio, it really shows you really know how to move quickly and make things happen. But it's really impressive. So you have all that experience in building companies, but also just you've been building this experience in the Web3 in real life kind of space concurrently now. And I'd love to hear kind of how you think about that. Web3, IRL, you talked about going to ApeFest, getting merch, doing stuff, having something that you can hold in your hand. So how do you see that kind of web three in real life world evolving in the coming years? For me, it's a little simplistic now, sort of having built several web one, web two and web three companies, I kind of adhere to the adage of, yeah, content is king for sure. It's a distribution is queen. And what they say, the queen wears the pants in the family, right? So I got to admire when I see companies like Yuga assemble such a sort of a critical mass around their brand. Right. Same thing with Azuki's, Moonbirds, very large offers or retail establishments, right? Food brands, hotel brands, hospitality brands, right? And connecting those two, I think, has to be sort of focusing on kind of getting to the top of the ecosystem and basically being able to utilize that sort of a trendsetter to have all the kind of, I'll call them dolphins and minnows to follow. So if we can kind of attack the whales, the head of the snake across several focused industries, and I think that. If they work for them and at scale, then I think it just makes things a lot, lot easier down the line. Do you have any visions of an events or in real life stuff? Maybe that's not even events. That's kind of just like in a personal experience. You mentioned kind of the hat, right? Is it something where you log in with your NFT and it, you kind of got a merch and you just click go and it shows up like it would on Amazon? Or what's your visualization of a real life experience there? So for me, it's really just around something very common these days. It's about a QR code. Like just like my wife uses a QR code and a picture of her face to go into her uh, fancy gym. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've seen all kinds of restaurants, et cetera, now sort of switching to QR codes, QR code based menus post pandemic. There has to sort of be, I think, an instant recognition, even going back to like Super Bowl ads, right? For it to really kind of be adopted in public consciousness, just like Super Bowl, just like menus, just like going to the gym. And hopefully soon, just like the way people associate their NFTs, their digital assets to their identity. But that's only sort of half the problem, right? The other problem is how do you kind of get these organizations to also be like, oh, that's a pretty common use case. Yeah, I would love to have my audience classified, organized, be able to follow up with them, understand their, not just their kind of Web3 profile, their Anon profile, but also their real profile. If they are to kind of spend and really kind of like enjoy themselves at my establishment, my business, whatever offering that the community or organization or DAO might be able to offer them. So the QR code, yes, from that instant recognition, but also just sort of everything underneath that iceberg. 
I think when we look at the environment, certainly when I saw the environment about six to nine months ago, it was really just kind of this concept of called token gating. Well, it's not token gating. You really want to gate. It's like person gating, right? Or purchasing power gating or however you want to think about that. And so I think that offline, even non-Web3, certainly in the Web1 and Web2 businesses I've built really recognizes that. Yeah, you kind of answered one of my questions in advance is there's definitely some people listening that are like, well, there's some companies out there that launched a while ago and, and raised funding even to do token gating. Why do we need Club ID? And I think what you're getting to is some other unique use cases and features of Club ID that maybe those folks aren't focusing on. Not to say that there isn't room for a lot of folks in the sandbox. It's a big sandbox and there's plenty of room and it's a lot of fun. But what are some of the unique use cases that you're focused on maybe that are different than the folks that are out there already, both in terms of awards and the real world? Well, one thing that we think about and one thing that I think we're pretty different is that we build a full-on back office CRM for these communities or these organizations. So think about sort of Salesforce meets an authentication protocol like Auth0 or other single sign-on services, right? Plus eventually things like point of sale. So if I'm like Nike or if I'm Adidas or something, I may not be thinking in terms of like token gating per se. I think I'm thinking in terms of, well, how do I kind of access and maybe give a meaningful experience for these Web3 audiences, people who can spend. I think I read something today that like, 70% of people who still purchase these digital assets, these NFTs, still kind of do it as a social thing or like a social flex or social handle or something, right? I just think it could mean much more. I can't stress enough too that unlike some of the other token gating companies, our thing is all white labeled. So if you can be coming in through the Adidas, or I'm just using this as an example, like the Nike Web3 community and totally feel like you're part of the Nike Web3 community, not that you're part of a big monolithic app. No offense to Discord, but you don't have to download a 100 megabyte app just to sort of get through and fill out a bunch of things. You don't have to download one of the other companies in the space and wait for their next app update a month or two from now just to sort of get that feature your community really, really needs. So we like to kind of keep it web app based. We like to kind of keep it community branded and just simply power that kind of back office and be that sort of connective tissue, if you will, in between. I think that's pretty different. But we are QR code driven, much like pretty much everybody on the front end. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioning the kind of CRM side of it, right? I think that what you, one of the cool things you have with these tokens, especially these collections, is you do have a community that you sort of you know who the members are, but it, kind of in this anonymous way, right? Or you could do some research to find out who they are, all these type of things. But to sort of connect it with that, right? Like you said, to connect it with a CRM type of capability to really engage with them. And I'm sure privacy gating becomes what people want to opt into at that point. But yeah, it's the direly needed. I think that's a great angle to take. And, and it's like, what's the payoff too? I mean, not to sort of take over no. the mic here, but like what interesting things are we building or activating in person? What thing can they not currently get even in the non-Web3 world? Well, maybe they can get access to our physical clubs that we're going to be building and announcing with a major partner coming up. That's completely wow. verticalized, token, token gated, yes, but also experience-wise, something that you probably haven't experienced before, right? we think. We're working on that with two pretty exciting partners, each one of them with thousands of employees, each huge brands behind them, both in Web3 and also in real life. Being able to kind of build a stack 
custom tailored to those partners, I think, is a dream come true for me as a builder. And I think ultimately it will just strengthen this idea that we're not just sort of a bunch of tokens. We're actually kind of like people with disposable income per my prior point. Mm -hmm. And the rest is up to the ecosystem to drive content, food, music, yeah, et cetera. Now, when you say like a physical club experience, are we talking like a nightclub experience? Are we talking like a Soho house? If you're a member, just come on in and do your thing, use the spaces and rooms. When clubs are versatile word. Yeah. So what do you envision? When you, you can start to ask, is there going to be bottle service for him? That's bottle what he's service, really... Yeah, wanting, that's, right. that's what he bottle wants. Bottle service. Complimentary bottle massages. Yes. <laughs> bottle lockers. I mean, I am a part of uh, some clubs like one in San Francisco named The Modernist. Right. Great people. I think I bought into that club for something like 10,000 bucks a while ago. It was all sort of word of mouth. There are bottle lockers. They hold regular kind of weekly events. I did a talk. I did moderate a discussion with a recent presidential candidate. And that was really, really cool for that specific audience to be able to experience, at least in San Francisco. As I think about, yes, what a Soho house in Miami or what a Soho house type of experience in LA might be. But for the Web3 community, I get pretty excited because it's like I'm all over that. I just the content, the people, the programming, the food, the drink, pairing with a really awesome partner from the offline world and food and beverage with 400 restaurants, they really know their experiences. It's not just a restaurant. It's like you got to really have an experience. So yes, that sort of vein of Mm -hmm. along that vein of sort of Soho House, Modernist or even Battery Club. And I think maybe we're, I don't know too much about Gary Vee's club coming up, but I'm pretty excited. And I'll probably buy a membership for that too. Very cool. So let's cover the CRM side of things a little bit more because that is a unique component that we've talked about here. And I'd love to learn more how you see blockchain-based CRM and ticketing changing the industry and what challenges you see facing them. I mean, I have an opinion here, Fred, as we've talked about, just because of our own exploration of NFT ticketing for our events and It's not a straight line. And when you're dealing with a multi-day event with in and out in different components and different access points, but more broadly speaking, what do you see as the opportunity and challenges when it comes to CRM and ticketing solutions and blockchain? I think with CRM, it's pretty much fringe greenfield. I mean, ultimately, if you're a conference organizer or you're a uh, startup or big company, I think that it's universally understood that the value of emails, names, phone numbers is pretty critical. I think it's pretty unique to then start going above and beyond and connecting that with say wallet addresses. So it's like for the first time, people are now be able to gauge my spending power sort of fully KYC'd, if you will, or at least basic KYC'd. And then like a whole slew of potential products you could build around that. The CRM, I think, yes, to just sort of talk about the nuts and bolts, grabbing some basic information. If I am a restaurant operator or club operator, like one of the ones we're building, I want to see when the CEO of Warner Music comes in, you know, it's like, boom, you just scanned in. Every one of my staff is going to be, including the on-site manager, is going to get a group WhatsApp, right? Here you go, Mr. Bob Smith. Here's the front row seat table for you, right? A CRM to me is that. It's really true relationship management and tying that to point of sale, right? Another experience I have in my these private social clubs is I never need to drop down my card for anything. They just know who I am. They take it from my account, or in this case, maybe they take it from my debit card or my credit card and file, but maybe I also put some like, I don't know, ApeCoin on balance, right? Take from that. I don't care. Part of the exclusivity and enjoyment factor, I think, is just tied to convenience. I know that's a lot more than just your basic CRM. I would say it's just sort of new for Web3, 
in my opinion. Yeah, it sort of harkens me back to that movie about, I think it was Jiro, the sushi chef. And and when you come to a sushi restaurant in Tokyo, they take meticulous notes on everything from whether or not you're left-handed to right-handed and everything is precise. And then they have that record old school. But you think about the how special you feel when you go there and you don't even realize that they're putting the sushi in a convenient place because you're left-handed, right? And if you can give people that elevated experience, it just makes life more interesting. So, totally. And on the economic side, too, with I think I lost a check, $500 billion tied up or locked into crypto, essentially funneled by probably less than, I don't know, it's definitely in the millions. Folks, how do you get access to them and try to treat them special? So exactly, exactly as you mentioned, Josh. So speaking of how do you and what's on the agenda, you talked about, you alluded to some, some partnerships, some ideas, anything else you can share with us about your roadmap? Partnerships, artist collabs, features we might be on the lookout for? Well, we're starting with the US and then we're going to be broadening out a bit, not necessarily by traveling a lot, but more so by piggybacking off our partners, which to give you an example, the physical club that we're building in West Hollywood is going to be a 10,000 square foot club. It's going to be bounced very, very soon. But if you buy a membership pass for that club, it gets you instant access to all the other clubs that we're building globally, right? Next is going to be, say, uh, London, then then New York, then Vegas, then Miami, then Paris, Hong Kong, Tokyo. Ironically, all the hubs of where Web3 convenes anyway, and would love to convene. We were just throwing another token-gated party uh, this past week in the Hollywood Hills for a bunch of apes, Zookies, and Clone Xs. And they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to hang out at these people's houses. Like, it would be way better, way more convenient if we had these sort of like membership clubs. We're all dropping 10 to 50 or more ETH for these digital assets. What's another few ETH to kind of truly be part of this global physical members club too, right? So hearing that type of stuff on the floor, on the ground floor, live, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's exciting. Can't wait to see what's going on there. Yeah. Totally. So Fred, you're an aficionado of the space. You're looking around and I'm sure there's some projects that you respect and maybe some ones you're tracking. Why don't you sort of give our listeners a little bit of alpha here? What have you been following and what are you excited about outside of your direct world? Well, I'm still a fan of art and art-based assets, NFTs. One of my friends, I think we'll probably mention as a shout out later, this guy named Vilut. He's based in Russia. He's a great artist. I still support the arts. One of this past weekend, where we had basically a celebrity chef and the whole mission behind this kind of artist was they were trying to kind of become the first Michelin star backed in real life uh, supper club, which I thought was pretty cool. And the project is called Board Supper Club. And I think they just minted recently. But if you think about the NFT side and what they minted, it was really just an access pass. It was a cool looking access pass. But when people buy into it, they really think about what that represents, what kind of access that represents, right? Tech and token getting and CRM stuff aside, it's just kind of like a cool cause. So arts to me and the culinary stuff. I know, Josh, you're also from that field too. So definitely have an interest in as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been following a couple new supply chain solutions. And we just recently had Unisot on the show that is sort of helping with traceability of fishing in Europe, which is really exciting. So lots of cool use cases there. Definitely at the edge of utility, Fred. And I think you'll find a lot of what you're looking for from a utility perspective at Outer Edge LA. Excited to 
be collaborating with you on a VIP experience to kick off the week. And I think this is the time for real utility and what you're doing definitely checks that box. So kudos to you and keep on building. Keep on building and super excited to be partnering with Outer Edge LA as well. And so are our partners. Awesome. You have questions about blockchain? Like how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued, or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Well, that concludes our regular interview segment. And what we're going to get onto next is our EDGE quick hitters. I'm excited about this. These are fun and quick ways to get to know you a bit better, Fred. There are 10 questions. We're looking for just a short, single, or few-word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you ready? All right. Ready. First question, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? RC car. Oh, nice. Middle school. Yeah, those are fun. Okay. What about the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Newspapers. Also middle school. Okay. And, and you, nice. were, you were selling where you were like the delivery? How did you sell them? Yeah. I was paperboy up paper in uh, Redondo Beach in Torrance, uh, California. Here. Oh, wow. Right there. Okay. In California. And yeah, we had a pretty good technique about the way you filled, folded a paper. And and if you crease it a certain way, you could fling it through air and you can definitely hit that in like 75, 100 feet if you're good. Now you could probably make more money playing a game about like delivering newspapers than, than actually delivering newspapers. But at the time, that was a great job. It was awesome. And that was a... and you're getting into the world of media and maybe you read an article once in a while and learn something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We just love it because we were paid in candy and soda. Nice, nice. All right. So, As Fred, well. what is the most recent thing you remember purchasing? A ski racks for my car. All right. Nice. Sounds like a fun agenda. There was actually snow like in Los Angeles like this past weekend. Like there's some kind of climate situation going on because it's been raining and hailing and snowing in LA. So those ski racks may come in handy without having to travel too far. What is the most recent thing you sold? As a household, Poshmark. I think my wife sold some uh, baby clothes. <laughs> nice. My girlfriend's so into selling on that site too. Yeah, that's a whole world I don't understand. <laughs> I think I've got some good deals on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like eBay, but posh, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has like a cooler name than eBay and therefore has cooler objects and it's cooler to buy and sell on there. It's just uh, generally cooler, Ethan. I like that you can make an offer over there, right? Like you can say, oh, hey, like, here's what I'll give you, right? And potentially get a little bit better deal. But there's some crazy bundles that go on. Like Sophia was telling me that like 
she'll sell five things and one item will be 60 and someone will bundle everything together and say, I'll give you $30 for the whole bundle. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So let's see here. Next question. What is your most prized possession? Probably my Rolex stainless steel Daytona I'm holding over here. All right. I think I got that. it. It was hard for me to find. I Wait, think hold, I that, hold that up to the camera. Let's see what you 15 years ago. Okay, nice. I'm not going to show you, but I'm a true nerd too. I got my Casio underneath it. <laughs> but yeah, the one on top. Perfect. That's a fun one. I like that. All right. So that's your most prized possession. And the next question is, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service experience that is currently for sale, what would it be? The dot-com registry from VeriSign. Okay. All right. Digital. That's a very unique answer. We certainly haven't had that one before. <laughs> I come from the domain space and I could just tell you that although I know that there's been a lot of entrance into this space from the kind of web three world, uh, nothing beats good old fashioned domain names. I'm a little partial to that. Yeah. Jeff, your, your spot in my heart. If Jeff was here, he would agree. He's definitely a domain name freak. Yeah, for sure. And Unstoppable Domains, another really exciting patron. I would definitely snag all their domains if I could. So Fred, if you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Tenacity. I never give up. Nice. That's a good one. Actually, going back to the last one, right? You said passing on the personality trait of what, like persistence, I think you said, never giving up. But where do you give up? I want to know, like, are there places where you've realized like, yeah, giving up is winning, right? Does that land oh, anywhere with I you? I only give up you know, historically and I only give up when basically there's a hard figure or stat or decision or whatever. Like, let's just say it cannot be appealed. <laughs> okay. So probably it. the most stubborn of them all. All you right. Know, up until the highest levels until it's definitively like a no. All right. Well, that's bold. That's great. All right. Next question. Where's the easy one? What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was taking a 20 minute nap. Nice. Oh, that sounds delicious. All right. And then the final oh, question gosh. is what are you going to do next after the podcast? I'm going to jump on a uh, phone call with one of my colleagues, and we're going to go through a deck. All right, nice. Like a deck, like somebody's pitching. You're going to decide whether it's good. Like we're like we're pitching. Like we're getting it refined for partnership and or stakeholder of that sort of flavor. Oh, cool, awesome, fun from both angles. But that sounds like a great next thing on the agenda. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplaces, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. 
It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. All right. Well, that is our quick hitter segment, and we're going to move right along to hot topics. An exciting one today. We have a very special hot topic. We're joined by Max Smotritsky, founding partner of the Crypto Oracle Collective, the leading decentralized Web3 advisory service that houses 150 plus experts. Max started his career as a professional poker player for over 10 years. That led to building forecasting models for fantasy sports, which brought him to the world of Web3. He is looking to grow with the space while providing community-oriented advisory and education to those who want to work in crypto, plus offering expert advisory services to fledgling companies through the collective. Hey, Max, great to meet you today and welcome to Edge of NFT. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you, Max. And we like to do fun pairings on time to time on the show. And <laughs> I think this is a good one. We've got two different organizations that are both trying to pioneer what it means to build community and create more value in this space. And it's been an honor to work with you over at Crypto Oracle. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm definitely at Edge LA. has been a great partner to us. And as we grow in the space, I think we can both greatly benefit from this partnership and bringing our communities together, most importantly. Yeah, well, I'm excited actually to have Fred hear more about what you guys are up to, because I see some synergy there as well. Why don't you kick us off by just talking a little bit about how community is not only central to every NFT and crypto project, but how it plays a role in your latest initiative with Lou. Yeah, so Lou has been the community guru for I don't know how long. He was the first one to call out Facebook as a community project on Wall Street. So partnering with Lou has really opened my eyes about community. Communities to me, I started in poker and community in poker was three people going over hands together and maybe pooling money together in order to play higher stakes games or enter bigger tournaments. And actually the lack of community in poker was something that I noticed right away where people were a lot more cutthroat and didn't want to share information. So when I first started in the Web3 space and not knowing much, I bought Bitcoin because that was the only way I could cash out from poker sites and put money into poker sites. So that's how I fell into Bitcoin. But I certainly knew nothing about the technology or anything of that sort. So when I first explored community was right after Ethereum launched. And that kind of opened my eyes to how powerful community could be. People working together for the good of each other and supporting each other in order to grow in the space. And I think when it comes to advisory services, I certainly thought that it would be really powerful to partner with people that had the same framework of mind as I do and as Lou does and kind of bigger something that build something bigger that just two people could build together, right? I think that's what community is all about. So, so in a nutshell, how would you describe Crypto Oracle? So Crypto Oracle is a decentralized advisory group. 
I would call right now our period of decentralization as the benevolent dictatorship, where Lou and I make most of the decisions, but we're certainly moving towards a more decentralized system. But the way I envision it working is projects pitch to us, somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I want to work on this project. They build a team out of collective partners that are members of the collective, and they offer their expert advice on how to make that project a success. Got it. Yeah, that's interesting, right? Yeah, there's all sorts of features that you have of a community, right? And we, earlier today, we talked about, you know, just kind of having a cool club to hang out in and do some fun <laughs> stuff, get the special treatment. But there is that aspect of having a community. You know what they say, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time yeah. with kind of thing, right? Having a community of folks that can give you their perspective, their point of view, and kind of lift each other up. That's really cool to integrate that. Can you tell me more about like how tokenomics wise, this all works out. Is there any particular uniqueness around the tokenomics of this? Yes. So the only reason the collective works is through a token-based system. I was advising NFT projects during the bull market, and it was really easy to get paid in NFTs or in tokens or as part of the mint because there was a large liquidity pool that you could always tap into. But once the bear market hit and Lou and I got together, we were both kind of stumped as to how to make the illiquid tokens or NFTs or equity liquid. So we came up with a crypto oracle collective token. So what we do is we take equity or tokens as part of our payment for the advisory services we provide. We put those into our treasury, and then we mint a crypto oracle collective token that represents the basket of all of the things that are in our treasury. And that's how we pay our members for working on projects. And that token is tradable in Uniswap, as an ETH pairing and a USDC pairing. So now if I need to pay for my kid's daycare, I can go and cash out that token and get USDC and be able to pay for the goods and services that I use every day. It's a radical new model. And take someone like Lou, I think, who's seen it all, been here for a while to come up with something so creative. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about how that governance and consensus model looks like in terms of your platform at the moment. Sure. So we're a DAO. So one token, one vote. Right now, most of the DAO that is voting is comprised of people that are working on projects. So out of the 150 members that we currently have of the collective, about a third are getting paid and earning tokens. So they're able to vote on which project we take on next, what we do with our treasury, and so on and so forth. So basically, we want it to be structured as the people that are the biggest stakeholders get to make all the decisions and really drive the mission of the collective forward. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I like that. So we got to wrap this one up. It's really been fun talking about all this with you. Wearing your pizza shirt. We got to talk about <laughs> pizza before we got started. That was fun. But we want people to be able to follow you and learn more because we only have so much time today. Where can people go? Website, social stuff? Sure. So we're at CryptoOracle.io. Also at CryptoOracleDAO on Twitter. And you can always follow me at DFS Max on Twitter as well. So those are really the best ways. We're also on LinkedIn as we're trying to be professional these days. So yeah, those are really the two of the best platforms that you could follow the Crypto Oracle Collective. And certainly if you want to work in the space, please reach out. Or if you have a company that needs advisory work, we're always looking for new projects to work with. Yeah, and I've had a chance to be part of the Crypto Oracle ecosystem and join some of the interesting weekly meetings. And it's really incredible what you guys are building. You've managed to 
put together a powerhouse group of real professionals in the space and excited to have you come to Outer Edge LA and have enjoyed working with you guys. So thanks for all the support. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. One thing I didn't mention is one of the perks of being a collective member is you get to join our Monday, Wednesday, Friday meetings where we bring in voices from the space or really cool companies to talk to the collective and give a little alpha about what they're doing. So that's certainly one of the reasons people like being a member of the collective as well. Before you run, in the chat, you're mentioning it was fun to answer the quick hitter question. So, so fun. What was your favorite personal answer that came out of that? <laughs> <laughs> Here's another way of saying it, Max. What was the question that you had risked that we asked you? So the funniest one, I think, was the one, where do you give up? Uh, to Fred. And my answer is always when I'm fighting with my wife, that's what I do <laughs> because I know I'm not going to win. Yeah. That's an interesting law of the land. <laughs> yes. They're pretty consistent. Do you, you have any kids? Max? I have two little kids, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So yeah, you don't stand a chance then. It's, I'm, exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hurricane outside. I just shut the windows and wait it out. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, it's been great to chat with you, Max. Thanks for joining. We're going to move on and start wrapping things up here. But before we do, Fred, I want to give you an opportunity to do a little bit of a shout out. And we understand you might have someone cool to kind of bring listeners' attention to and give some love. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. So my shout out is to an artist, very talented artist named Balut. Balut is a Russian national. He's currently living outside of Russia right now. We're working hard to kind of help him come to the States over here. I think he is going to be doing a drop soon. So B-O-L-L-U-T. So just look out if you like on Twitter. Super awesome 3D high definition stuff that you'd probably see or you'd be used to be seeing in like a Disney movie, but um, done sort of like grassroots by like literally one man. So yeah. mad, mad respect of a loot. Cool. Yeah. I'm checking out the Twitter feed right now. It's just B-O-L-L-U-T and really interesting animations. It's very much a character that is very unique, even though, like you said, you might see something of a similar quality in a Disney type of thing. It's got a very unique character to it. So I always like to see that. Cool. Well, thanks for the shout out. And the next thing we're going to do is just start to wrap up here. But before we do that, just tell people where to go to find more out about Club ID and yourself if you want to have like. Yeah. So uh, check out our Twitter. It is at Club ID Official. Our corporate website is intentionally really boring right now since we place less emphasis on ourselves and more about the communities that we power. But that site is called id.club, https colon slash slash id.club. And that will be updated pretty soon with some interesting additional partnerships. Perfect. Anything else? Nope. Thanks for awesome. having me, guys. Thanks All for right. your partnership. Of course. So I'll walk us out. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.